So I meet people in weird ways. I might meet people in an Uber pool or a subway or half naked across the world jumping into the Dead Sea or something. So I meet people in weird ways. Welcome to Conversations with Connors. I'm your host, Adam Connors. Warm, inviting, heartfelt, and charming. Those are four of the many superlatives I could use to describe my next guest, Chris Shembra. He's the kind of person who you want to sit with at a dinner table. Ironically enough, he's a sought-after dinner host, but his pedigree doesn't end there. In fact, he's a professional speaker, Broadway producer, and leader of Emmy Award-winning social campaigns. His work has been talked about on Forbes, The New York Times, Huffington Post, and now he's officially made it as a guest on Conversations with Connors. Through the quote-unquote course of our dialogue, we get to learn the backstory behind the 747 Club, the Latin meaning behind the word company, how many relationships that have been spawned as a result of Chris's dinners, as well as some of the common denominators that a lot of ultra-successful people share in kind. As a teaser, it can be lonely at the top. Chris was a great guest, not just because he made me feel at home during our podcast in his apartment, but because he was extremely vulnerable, specifically in how he opened up regarding his insecurities, as well as some of his routines. It's no surprise that a man of his caliber has so many friends and deep relationships. In fact, it would be a travesty if I didn't mention how his apartment is littered in amazing books that I'm fairly confident have all been personally signed by the authors, who happen to be his friends. Chris is a perfect example of how being introverted has zero correlation with having a deep Rolodex with amazing friends that you can count on. But don't count on me, rather hear it for yourself as you kick back and enjoy my conversation with Chris Shembra. Chris, thank you so much for joining me. We're going to have some fun today. I'm really excited you're here and thank you for bringing what I consider the world's best mozzarella it's a bold statement my it's, friend. Uh, it's gonna be a good time <laughs> it sure is so you were just telling me about company and the definition and i think it's absolutely awesome and fitting and if you don't mind edifying the listeners please do a few months back i was googling just the word company i don't know why it was just a weird thursday or something and i stumbled upon that the latin root of the word company is companis Com and panis. Com means together, and panis means bread. So the origination of the word company is for people to break bread together. And I got so fascinated by that because of, you know, the work we do with food and bringing people together. And I realized that that word used to mean bringing people together. And somehow we've gotten so digital and disconnected that we've gone completely away from that. And we somehow, some people only rely on digital relationships. And so I'm a big fan of that word now, and I can't wait to do more things with it. <laughs> it's great. I like your delivery on stories too. And, <laughs> I, and I know you tell stories during your dinners, and I'm going to put you on the spot at some point, not right now. Perfect. I'll give you some time to think about it, but I'm going to want to hear a story later. Perfect. All right. Beautiful. So let's talk about your business. So for those who aren't listening, Chris Shambra, 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 has a really cool business. I love it. It dovetails nicely into what NetworkWise is all about. And I've talked to people that have been at your dinners and there's something special. So 
let me let you take the mic and explain yeah. much better than I can. Thank you. I will describe my business by telling a story. So let's set the scene. It's 2015. By that point, I was already a uh, successful theater producer, and, and it was July of 2015. I just come back to New York City from Italy after producing a Broadway play over there. And when I got back to New York City, realized that theater wasn't exactly doing it for me. It was leaving me kind of unfulfilled, lonely, disconnected, insecure. A lot of my childhood insecurities were coming back. I started fiddling with food in my kitchen and accidentally created a pasta sauce recipe. Figured I should probably feed it to people to see if it's even good or not. So I hosted a dinner. July 15th, 2015, I invited 15 of my friends over to try the sauce. 6.30 p.m. cocktails began. 8 p.m. dinner was served. But at 7.47 p.m., because I was a lazy fella, I actually asked the attendees to come into the kitchen and be part of the process. Help set the table, help stir the sauce, make the napkins uh, into origami, whatever it was. And we sat down to dinner at 8, dessert at 8.30. I told a little joke at 8.32, and then at 8.35, I opened up for communal discussion on a particular topic. I asked the table a probing question about their life. And out of that question... Because at that point, we had spent the entire evening kind of working together and getting safe and getting connected. By the time that question came around, people really opened up. They got vulnerable and a few people even cried. And they love the sauce. And I love the feeling of bringing people together. And so I did the dinner the next week. Same format, same delegated tasks, same shared activities. You ask where that 747 comes from. Well, I wanted dinner served at 8 p.m. and it takes pasta 13 minutes to cook al dente. That was the only thing. And so we kept on doing these dinners week after week after week just for free in my home. And a year had gone by and we'd gotten so good at creating these safe spaces for people to gather where by the numbers of less than three people cry, we considered a failed night. The average is six. <laughs> And we got so good at it. And sorry to interrupt, is it always 15 people? Now it's 16 to 18. Gotcha, okay. 20's too big, 12's too small. And we got so good at it that luckily a company came out of the blue and said, hey, you're onto something. Why don't you come do this for our company? Help us connect with our clients. Help us connect with our team. And so that became our first product, producing these dinners. And so now the, the company's been a couple years running and we've broadened the scope of work, but it just started off with a simple pasta sauce around the dinner table. <laughs> has the meal evolved around at all, or is it the same meal each time? Yeah, it's a great question. The same exact format that we used at that first dinner ever is still the exact format we bring into every client engagement. And the thinking around that is when you can take the thinking out of it, when you can create a system that becomes not automatic, because I'm fully engaged. But when you can create that kind of consistency and you take the thinking out of it, you get to leave with the heart. And that's all that this is. You know, you don't want to have this excess effort being expunged by uh, creativity here and the process and what kind of food are we going to do and what's the venue going to look like and how are we going to design it? Just keep it simple, keep it consistent and become an expert at it. What's the criteria to get invited to these dinners? So for the dinners in our home, similar to your network-wise, don't be an asshole. 
like to have decently successful people, like to have people that live a life by design, not by default, to quote you and and Dara Brustein. (laughs) But just good people, no assholes allowed, as a friend of mine, Chris Sanborn, says. But for the client dinners, it's based on who the client wants to bring. Sure, sure. And what types of experiences have resulted in some of these dinners? I'll say that the questions that we like to ask around the dinner table are not necessarily getting people to be open and vulnerable about something of their own, but we might ask a question like, if you could give credit or thanks to one person from your childhood that you don't give enough credit or thanks to, who would that be? Mm. And that gets people talking about people from their past, relationships they might not give enough credit or thanks to. And the result is that people have looked at those relationships, for instance, in a whole new light. You may have someone giving voice to someone they've only met once. Maybe it's give voice to someone that they cut out of their life, and after the dinner, they're going to go mend that relationship. Some people, for instance, I had one client who had this man at the table who gave voice to his younger brother. And why that was, was that they grew up in a home where you didn't necessarily communicate how much you love or appreciate your older brother. And this younger brother, out of the blue, posted on Instagram how much he looks up to his older brother, the guy that was at the dinner. He didn't text it to him. He didn't call him. He didn't say it to him face to face. The only way he could communicate that was through the safe space of Instagram. And this really teared this guy up. And I found out a couple weeks later that the guy, after the dinner, that weekend, ended up driving to see his younger brother and tell him face to face how much that Instagram post actually meant to him. And now they have a tremendous blossoming new relationship. So there's been some amazing, amazing things. I can only imagine. What about any relationships that have come from it? Has anything Mm. spawned? Yeah, I mean, um, in the last three years, A, we've had over 300 people going to quit their job. Tell me about that. You know, when you have a transformative awakening moment and you do it amongst community, it's a really kind of, it has a jarring effect on your life in a good way. And so it allows people to see things around them by being their authentic self around this dinner table, by removing the filter that they usually bring into life, they see things a different way. And so they might see that they're unhappy at their job. And it took crying around the dinner table for them to realize that. We've had people create romantic relationships. We've had, I think we're responsible for at least one baby (laughs) out in California. Tons of business partnerships. I mean, business partnerships that could lead to $700 million in revenue kind of partnerships. So it's been pretty neat to see. One of the things that I really like what you're doing is that when people come through the door, they're not allowed to discuss what they do for a living. Is that right? Yeah, we like people to stick to the personal aspects and ask about family or philanthropy or passion. But whatever people talk about is what they want to talk about. If they're passionate about their job, they're going to talk about their job. What do you see as common threads in terms of topics that people do either bond over or just talk about in general and you see people get the most fired up? So I meet people in weird ways. I might meet people in an Uber pool or a subway or half naked across the world jumping into the Dead Sea or something. So I meet people in weird ways. And what's always funny is when you hear people answer the question, how do you know Chris or how do you know the client? 
then they get to talking about some pretty personal stories and they, oh, why were you in Israel in the first place? Oh, why were you on the subway? Where are we going? Where do you live? That kind of stuff. So the people bond over those kind of human interactions, those kind of connections. A lot of people bond over the wine they're drinking. The rule is, whether it's a dinner in our home or a dinner for our clients, we have the attendees each bring a bottle of wine. And we like for them to bring a bottle of wine that has a personal story connected to it. So when you're drinking a bottle from Argentina, you might come up with a story that, oh, my grandparents are from Argentina. They moved to, you know, America, this, and say so it gets deeper through that. And how long are these dinners? I mean, it sounds like 16, that many people. We, we always start at 6.30 p.m. sharp, and I emphasize the word sharp. We hate when people are late. That arriving sharp gives people the safety of, you know, when they're coming into a structured experience. And we end in anywhere between 9.28 to 9.32 every dinner. It's very specific, yeah. Yeah, that's great. That is absolutely <laughs> great. And then do people ask for a follow-on dinner? Have you had like where they're looking for an exact replica of the same evening? Or then is it mix or match? How many times have people been back? Walk me through that. So just as reference, unfortunately, we don't do as many dinners for our friends and our home as we would like because now we're You're in demand. <laughs> now we're in demand. God willing. But when they were all just for free in our home, we had a simple rule. First time you come, you come alone. Second time you come, you bring a friend. After that, you're eligible to nominate people. And so we would have some people would come back twice through the course of a year. Some people would be able to send their friends and then they'd be able to ask their friends how the experience was. And because all the dinners were the exact same, you'd have that shared experience to talk about, even if you didn't come to the same dinner. Interesting. Tell me about some of the people you've met. Feel free to drop names if you want or not, if you want to just describe them in I, general. I'd say it's really neat. It's very easy to get into a bubble, whether it's through social media, you only see the content that your friends post and you don't get to see the content that maybe the polar opposite idea would post. And so when you look at life, you really tend to hang out with like-minded individuals. So I love when people come through the door that bring a polar opposite perspective on things. I've been fortunate to be able to meet leaders that have been able to reframe the way I look at different topics, reframe the way I look at relationships. We've fed heroes of mine. I mean, I will say that one of my favorite dinners ever, I've become a personal friend of a childhood hero of mine, the great golfer Gary Player. And what started off as us just being honored in the same magazine together one year, then led to me interviewing him on a number of occasions for different publications. And then his team called up and said, this year, the Masters are coming up. It's the 40th anniversary of Mr. Player's third Masters victory. Why don't you come down and we'll do a 747-style dinner with Mr. Player's friends and partners and all those kind of things. So, so you turn that down. I tell you, it was one of the greatest experiences of my life to be able to use this vehicle, this vehicle which saved my own life, but to use this vehicle as a tool to not only connect with the childhood hero, but to be able to support him and his friends was amazing. Oh, I can only imagine. So, okay, so you met people... Famous athletes, obviously, titans in, yeah. in lots of industries, I'm assuming. Yeah. Have you noticed a common thread amongst some of these top performing individuals that have come through your doors? Yeah, I'd say that the old adage of it's lonely at the top is so true. 
one of my clients is one of the top 20 richest men in the world. I'm not going to name names, but it's lonely. You could achieve everything you've ever wanted to achieve in life, whether it's monetary successes or awards or community or whatever it is, and you're programmed to want more. And so to be able to bring these titans into this safe, simple experience, pasta sauce and paper bowls, delegated tasks and shared activities, it brings them back to the humanity that they've somehow gotten away from when you bring tremendous success into it, right? When you get that successful, everybody wants something from you. But when you bring them into this experience and you get two titans making peanut butter together or stirring pasta sauce together, it brings it down to the basics. That's great. Do you see what they do from a relationship standpoint or they're just so far removed from it because everybody's trying to have a relationship with them? At the end of the day, everybody just wants to be normal again. Whether you're taking an A-list celebrity where everybody wants to walk up and get a photo and get an autograph, they just want to be a normal human again. They want to talk shop. They want to just kind of kick it, hmm. drink some wine, eat some pasta sauce, maybe cry a little bit. <laughs> and so hopefully when we give them this experience, hopefully it inspires them to go off and create those human experiences more in their life to help them out with that. So after these dinners, do typically people, everyone just kind of goes their separate way or do you see a happy hour or not a happy hour, but an after hour as a result? It's all different. When we pack up at 928 to 932, usually we'll clean up everything and people will hang around for like an hour or two. Oh, so they'll help with yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, they'll help. I mean, yeah. clean up two and a half minutes. Yeah. Everything's biodegradable paper bowls. <laughs> We're not hurting. <laughs> they'll hang around. Some people will leave if they want to leave. They got kids to go home to. But a lot will just stay and we'll meditate and we'll drink some more and we'll just hang out. And then what we do and what we have our clients do is connect everybody via email who came to the dinner. And then that forum becomes a thread for activity. People throw in that they're hosting a this and people can come to that or we'll see people organize athletic activities together. Maybe they'll go rowing together or they'll go off to a bar together a couple months later. So it's great to see that. How many people follow up and say thank you? Out of a 16-person dinner, I'd say four to eight consistently on average will write a thank you email. Maybe two will send personal cards. But the kicker is to ask how many reciprocate the invitation. Mm, okay. How many reciprocate? Unfortunately, not a lot. Do you know that I'm not surprised? And I'll tell you why. I'm sorry to cut you tell, off. No, but, tell me yeah. why. So it still blows my mind that most people, like, so say you meet someone or someone does something nice for you, 70% of people will not follow up or even just do a simple thank you. So the fact that you're getting four to eight people out of yeah. 16 is- or, it, 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 We're it, getting people crying and so- Yeah. But it's, so my greatest insecurity that these dinners solved, but my greatest insecurity growing up, which is an insecurity that led me to rehab and dropping out of college and all that kind of stuff, was that- I knew so many different groups of people. I was always the last one called to the party. Why call Chris? He's probably already taken care of by another group. How many times can he say no? And then when I started hosting these dinners and feeding a great deal of people, people just assume that I'm already being taken care of. And so that's a bummer at times, but I put myself into the caricature of always doing something, always going here or there, but... The truth is, it feels good to be invited by others. Yeah, no, agreed. 
you've uh, gotten some nice gifts. I think uh, you're mm-hmm. showing me Jason's gift. What are, what are some other gifts? And, and, and talk about that. Jason Gaynard, I was showing a Cutco knife that Jason Gaynard got custom engraved for me. Yeah, it's a nice. Jason Gaynard's book was very instrumental in me having the confidence to pursue this as a career path. What's the name of the book? It's called Mastermind Dinners. He hosts this amazing conference called Mastermind Talks, but the book centered around his dinners is what gave me a lot of confidence. And that was recommended by two great relationship people, Zvi Band, founder of Contactually, and Michael Roderick, the godfather of super connectors, in my opinion. But some other gifts, someone bought me a ladle. And that ladle, I care. People send aprons. I have a dear friend over in Germany, Marcel, who sent me a an apron that has my catchphrase, love and pasta sauce. <laughs> and I wear the apron at every dinner. It's the simple things like that. Some people just send cans of tomatoes. You see all these cans yeah. of tomatoes. Most of those are gifts. <laughs> really? People just send, by the way, if you're listening, I like Nina. Italian peeled tomatoes. If you could please send me the six pound cans, you can get them at Costco. I'll give you my address if you email in and I would appreciate it. (laughs) Apologies for interrupting this conversation, especially if you're really enjoying it. I know that I get frustrated when I'm listening to a good podcast, so I'll make it quick. If you're enjoying our podcast, please support us on patreon.com slash networkwise. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash networkwise. All patrons will receive early access to podcasts and exclusive networking advice. Okay, that was painless. So all you have to do now is help us on Patreon and enjoy the remainder of the show. No, it's great. I mean, a thank you. I mean, it's just all it needs is the gesture. It's funny. Just last night, I received a thank you for giving someone's son a gift. Not yeah. much. I forgot. Maybe I spent 50, 100 bucks. And I do that often, but this was the first thank you I've probably received yeah. in I don't even know how long, but I mean, it wipes away all the no thank yous. We were hosted by this beautiful family in Amagansett this weekend, Stephen and Kim Shoshani. And I sent him a bouquet of flowers to say thank you. But Kim went as far as posting on her Instagram a thank you for my thank you to thank them. And so it's like this perpetual amazing cycle. I couldn't thank them enough for the feeling that they gave us this weekend. But for her to thank me for thanking them was amazing. Yeah, (laughs) that is great. That is great. Let me give you a couple rapid fire questions to let people get to know you a little bit better. Introvert, extrovert, centrovert. Introvert. Introvert. Wow. All right. I was usually going to go to the next one, but I want to go into that a little more. Hate crowds. I get my energy from meditation. I get my energy from solitude. I get my energy from sitting somewhere and looking out at a beach and just collecting my thoughts. I get ideas from people, but people exhaust me. <laughs> gotcha. All right, we'll be quick then. <laughs> what about, and it's funny that you're a strong introvert. Yeah. Not even a question. You're not even a yeah. centrum. Not even a question. No. Okay, awesome. How many hours a night do you sleep? Eight. You get eight hours. Oh, yeah. Always. Very hyper aware of it. Hyper aware of it. Interesting. Night owl, morning guy. What are you? I'm a morning guy. Yeah. I get up and go straight to yoga at 7 a.m. and then come back and make a nice breakfast and meditate and then off to the office. What type of meditation do you do? I do transcendental meditation. Do. So How tw- long did it take you to get there? I tried learning meditation through an app and then I tried learning through 
going to a studio every day. And then I went for the four-day course on Transcendental Meditation. And I was on it by the first session. It was great. Changed my life. Give that person a plug. David Lynch Foundation or the TM Center. I think the TM Center is run as a nonprofit as well. And you go in for a four-day. Ralph was my teacher, plug him. But you go in for a four-day, two hours a day kind of course, and you're good to go. And so with my travel schedule, it was unsustainable to go to a studio every day to meditate. So now I just sit in a chair. I love meditating in the center of Times Square, actually. I just kick it, just 20 minutes, boom. (laughs) Great. Tell me about a habit you have, good, bad, or indifferent. Bad habit is chewing on straws. So much so that when Molly and I take a road trip, we love driving. When we take a road trip and we stop off at a place to get some food, she'll actually grab extra straws for like dessert. It's like the low-calorie dessert. (laughs) Good habit every day. Without fail, I open up Facebook and see whose birthday it is, and I send them a video message. Not audio, video. Awesome. I love that. How long have you been doing that, and did that come from someone? I've been doing it for about two years through just messaging people or audio messaging people, and then my buddy Mark Shapiro did it for a whole year with video, and he even did his TED Talk on it, and that gave me the inspiration to start doing video. People love it. Mm. So I've recently, I did a couple of the videos and honestly just don't like being on film. But then I started getting into these voice texts. I love voice texts. I'd say my greatest way for content creation is I'll pull out the audio recorder and I'll just blab for like 10 minutes about a subject. And then I take that audio recording and I send it to rev.com and they transcribe it and then they send it back. And then I get an editor to edit it down into a usable material. So easy. It's amazing how accurate they do. And they do a great job. I'm a fan. Tell me about, I mean, obviously, even though you're an introvert, which is great, I'm glad you gave that answer because most people say, oh, I'm not good at networking because I'm an introvert. And that's just a bunch of BS. So, I mean, you're a perfect case in point. You probably know more people than 99% (laughs) of the people out there. And not only do you know them, but you have true relationships with yeah them. how have you developed these relationships where did this come from tell me about like the skills the warmth that you have i entered your home and it just felt comfortable thank you molly and i take great pride in our home and the warmth of it and i grew up in a warm home as well in south carolina you know i'd say when i go to meet people i actually don't care what they do i want to know the deeper stuff and so to relate it back to networking when i go to an event i'm not trying to meet a hundred people at a thousand. I don't go to big conferences anymore, by the way. I hate big conferences, but I'll meet like a handful of people and spend good quality time asking them about their passions, their life there. If they could give credit or thanks to someone, who would it be? And usually when I go to events, I make the organizer not write my name on it, but write that question on my name tag. Who would you give voice to? That's what I put on my name tag. Who cares about my name? I want to know about your people. That's awesome. And I've, ne- <laughs> and I've never heard that before. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. start incorporating that. Heck lo- yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I really like that. Okay. So you must have some really deep conversations because that's what you do. Oh, yeah. Are you good at remembering them or do you write all this stuff down in some type of CRM? I do have a gift of remembering. I remember people's emotions. I don't remember what they're talking about with their emotions, but I'll 
remembered to ask them, oh, last time we talked, you felt this way about something. What was that? And what's the update on that? You're like an emotional predator. Exactly. I've always just taken great pride in remembering the way people feel. At the end of the day, people don't remember what you say. They remember how you made them feel. It's the thing. Emotion drives motion. Yo, wow. Did you just make that up? No, I'd love to say okay. that. Yeah, <laughs> it was but, great. Yeah, no, dude, I should have just run with it. You emotion know? drives motion. I like that. Oh, man. Uh, well, tell me about what's some of the best advice that you've ever been given. Focus equals growth. Ooh, wow. You were ready for that yeah. one. Yeah. friend of mine, Dave Lindsay, said it to me during a snowstorm in 2016. Snowstorm Jonas or Juno, sorry, oops, Jonas or Juno in early 2016. As long as you remember how you were feeling at that point, exactly. that's all I care about. I, we had just letted in Central Park for the second year in a row, and we we're up at his home, and he said, so what do you got on your plate? And I threw all these things out, and he said, Christopher, you can't chase two rabbits at the same time. They'll both get away. Focus equals growth. And so I stick to that. Another thing I stick to is don't worry about people knowing you. Make yourself worth knowing. like that. Is that a quote? It's a line from, actually, the first play I ever produced was a one-man show about Fiorello LaGuardia, former mayor of New York City. It was written and directed and starring a man by the name of Tony Lobianco. Great actor, great director, great writer, everything. He wrote that line in for Fiorello LaGuardia to say to his two kids, Eric and Gene, kids, don't worry about people knowing you. Make yourself worth knowing. Just do your thing. The people will come. Just keep doing your thing. That's awesome. And what's your focus right now? Being able to help facilitate deep human connection. I have found a vehicle, my dinner table, this model that we stumbled into. I have found a vehicle that has an impact. And Dave's wife, Jess, says you can't change the whole world, but as long as you change one person's whole world, then you're doing enough. And this dinner is what we do, 16 people at a time, is changing people's lives. And I've been lucky enough to find that. Just like my grandfather, my namesake, Christopher Schembra, or when he immigrated, his name was Cristoforo Schembra. He immigrated, my grandfather immigrated to this great country on August 2nd, 1916. And when he came here, he became a butcher. He ended up becoming a butcher in Newark, New Jersey. And... People would come to him to tell him stories and to get their meat, and he was at the center of that community. When he retired down to Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, where I was born and raised, he got so bored in retirement that he went back to work as a butcher in the local bilo. And years later, when I was being interviewed or interviewing for one of my first jobs in a restaurant, I was with the executive chef, Lee, this great man, big, big, great man. And during the interview, I noticed that over his shoulder was a picture of my grandfather. I said, Lee, why do you have a picture of my grandfather? He said, I apprenticed under him at the local bilo, and I learned more about life watching the way your grandfather cut meat than I ever have before. And I realized that not only is my legacy to do this one simple yet transformational act, but I can do it for the rest of my life. Oh, yeah, you can. And I think you should. <laughs> oh, yeah. So a couple things. I know your time is valuable, and I don't want to drain you. No, of your we're having fun. We're having fun. <laughs> All right, good, good, good stuff. Well, you know what? I hear you tell a good joke. Oh my gosh! Yeah, is that true? 
I tell a wonderful joke, oh, you do? <laughs> but but I don't know if I can tell that joke on this podcast. Really? Okay. No, they, I think you can. I the think people, any, really? the, the people got to see it face to face. They do. Okay. That's got to be done in community. All right. In the spirit of community, then in doing it face to face, if people want your services, where do they find you? We'll put it in the show notes, yeah, but if you don't mind, e- for those email who Email in chris at 747club.org. Who should contact you? I want people that are committed to building analog relationships. They know that they have to grow their business in the next three to five years. They have to grow it to a certain level and they're going to need help along the way. We're brought in to help build those relationships, 16 people at a time. So companies now bring us in to produce an entire year-long, two-year-long series of experiences, series of dinners where we're feeding hundreds of people over those years. So quite literally, founders or managing partners of VC or hedge funds, our dinners are used really well to help them build deep relationships with their portfolio CEOs, partners, investors, teams, etc. We do really well with enterprise tech, So whether it's their marketing department, their sales department, building those teams, building those client relationships. If you're a founder of a great company and you know where you want to go in the next three to five years, call us. We'll help you get there. Gotcha. I've got some introductions for you. Yes. Heck yes. Heck yes. (laughs) Good stuff. So do you have any jokes that you could share that aren't community? I'll tell you a joke. It reminds me of the hypocrisy of uh, members of the House and the Senate. This is actually in our play, that original play I produced about Fiorello LaGuardia. It's a Sunday at St. Peter's Square in Rome, Italy, and a huge crowd has assembled to receive the blessings of the Pope. And after a while, a door opens and an emissary emerges. The crowd goes wild. Papa, Papa, Papa. No, no, no. I am not the the Papa. No, no. The Pope, he, he not to feel so good. Ooh, the crowd groans. Ooh, yes, yes. The Pope, he got a bad heart. Oh, the Pope need a new heart. Oh, take my heart. Take my heart, they're screaming. Uh, what we going to do is we're going to pluck the feather uh, from the Pope's holy pillow and we're going to cast it to the wind. And who the feather descends on, we take the heart. Oh, take my heart, take it away. The crowd is just growing wild. He plucks the feather. He casts it to the wind and it descends. Take my heart, take it. The crowd is just jostling for position. As the feather gets closer to one of the true believers, take my heart, take my heart. He blows. You didn't get it. Oh, man. No. Right, right over my head. It's hard to see via audio, <laughs> but he's he wants the feather. He wants to take it on the chin and let the Pope take his heart, but as the closer gets closer to him, he blows on it. So it goes to the other man. <laughs> it was so for, good. For all the listeners, yeah. it was lost in audio translation. <laughs> Shoot. You know, I was so caught up in the character. It was yeah. so good, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Well, <laughs> oh, man, but you do. That, you tell, does that you, remind you of any members of the House and Senate, by the way? Who should it remind me of? <laughs> any hypocritical congressman. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good stuff. See it right over my head, you know? 
Oh my God. Chris, awesome. You just great energy. Love what you are doing. Everything that I've heard about you is true. I mean, just the relationships that are being developed, the community that you're serving, the community that you're creating. Yeah. These relationships are just fantastic. And it's funny, it's just something that's just so simple. That not to take anything away, no, but it's it, I'm a simple guy. Yeah, you facilitated something really special. Thank I really you. hope those who are listening reach out to Chris. We'll put stuff out. Do you have a social media that we can push out as well? That I can do yeah, show of notes. Course. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll get that. And any questions for me before we wrap up? What was the most poignant thing you learned today? You want me to boil it down <laughs> into one thing? Are you kidding me? <sighs> wow, well, the most poignant thing. I really think it was just the simplicity. It really yeah. just like that really is. You don't need to do anything crazy. Just bare basic breaking bread. How do you like that in that? I like that. Bare breaking basic <laughs> bread. Oh my God. I really just like that. And it's true. And not just that, but because a lot of people do dinners, but nothing like it's your facilitation of it. Yeah. I think that's what you're really doing. That's pulling it out. That facilitation I call the five headed monster. The. What happens around the dinner table is the confluence of my theater background, my Italian roots, my Southern upbringing, my rehab, right? The principles of Alcoholics Anonymous come around the dinner table. And then the fifth thing is, well, I won't say the fifth thing on air, but right. uh, <laughs> that's the secret sauce. Yeah. Well, let me ask you if you don't mind, and if you don't want to talk about it, happy to move on. Yeah. You talked about uh, rehab, yeah. but yet you're drinking alcohol. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So you've just got so it under at, check? or As the first line of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous says, alcohol is but a symptom. I'm an addict. I know I'm an addict. Not necessarily addicted to alcohol or drugs or, you know, those are just things. I'm addicted to things at different stages of my life. So maybe I was put in rehab because of a little alcohol and Adderall and all that kind of stuff. But now my addictions, you know, I might be addicted to meditation. I might be addicted to drinking seltzer water or something. I'll fiend if I don't have it. So we've all got an addict within, most of us. So mine, thankfully, I've found good addictions yeah. now. So my good addictions are building community. How about that? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we, man. Yeah, we need more of you out there. Guilty as charged. <laughs> awesome. Again, thank you so much. Like I said, I really just enjoyed this time spending Thanks for having you, me. learning, and I really hope everybody reaches out because this man has got something special here. Let's do it. Thank you very much. Thank you, buddy. You got Pleasure. It. Cheers. I'm really glad you made it through the whole show. It tells me that you found it entertaining and enjoyed the content. In the spirit of helping us continue to provide such great content and amazing guests, we appreciate your participation through Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash networkwise. Your support really helps. Also, if you or someone you know is looking for a career change, is building a business, seeking to expand sales, or is just generally interested in improving your overall health and happiness, then head on over to NetworkWise.com. Not only does this platform offer you a plethora of resources, but will walk you through how to expedite the outcomes and the aforementioned goals that you seek. Thanks again for listening. Make it a great day. And remember to always NetworkWise.